Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. Today, we bring you the story behind Travel Curious. We have a conversation with its founder, Alex Grant. And I've been really nosy, sorry, intrigued about Travel Curious for some time. They are very active on social media. I love that their tours are a little different. They're definitely immersive, such as the Mafia Food Tour with an ex-New York detective. They definitely create something a little different. And the way they work is also different in that they are creating the tours themselves. They, they work with over 900 plus tour guides that they actually handpick and they build the tours themselves. So definitely not an off-the-shelf type of product. So I was curious to learn from Alex what makes a great tour guide. In, in, in his view, what makes a good immersive tour experience? How is he selling through the hotels? What's that relationship like? And a lot more. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode today with Alex Grant, of Travel Curious. <laughs> Welcome to Tourpreneur, Alex Grant of Travel Curious. How are you? I am very good, Shane. Uh, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be on today. Last time I saw you, you and I were a couple of beers in at an arrival event uh, back in Orlando. Don't you miss those days? Oh, I, I certainly do. I certainly do. I, I remember the last time we saw each other, we discovered that we both listened to the same podcast. Yes. Which was a, a Cold War Conversations. Correct. Good old yes. Ian Sanders. So that was fun. So we're here to talk about Travel Curious. I've been watching you from a distance. You've been having a lot of really good news out there of late in terms of your development as a company and partnerships you've set up. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with Travel Curious, what exactly do you do? Well, Travel Curious is a platform for instantly bookable uh, private tours and experiences in over 60 cities around the world. We actually act mainly uh, B2B2C. So we actually enable uh, large travel companies who are looking to kind of integrate or offer these immersive experiences in their customer journeys. And we specialize in helping them to do that in a very nice way. Yeah, I think you're the first guest. So we're 100 and odd episodes in here that actually works on the B2B2C model. So I'm curious to look into that. When did you guys start up? So we started off in uh, 2018. 
Right. So two years. And tell me, how did it come about? How did it all get started? So there's a bit of a backstory in that I myself was, uh, at one stage of my life, I was a tour guide in Rome. And that was an amazing experience. And uh, I had been in finance. So it kind of was funny how I ended up doing that. But amazing experience. And that led me to a friend of mine to set up our own, our own tour company in Rome. And that kind of led to another company, which was a company before Travel Curious called Touriosity. And that was very much focused on very bespoke tours and making customized tours online. And it was from there that I got a lot of learnings and I got a huge amount of, let's just say, we did a lot of experiments and we, we got some great aspects that we use for Travel Curious. And I actually met my two co-founders, um, Amir and Nadav, in 2018, and they had a background in a hotel specifically. And we had done some great stuff at hotels in, uh, previously, and we just thought that, you know, somebody has to do this well. It's so obvious that, you know, hotels are sitting there with all these people coming in every day, and the hotels hadn't really managed to, you know, offer integrate tours in, in a decent way so far. So... We, we thought like, you know, there has to be something here. So we got together and we formed Travel Curious and we have been working very hard ever since. And we've now opened it up into various different uh, parts of work with uh, media companies, travel agents, tour operators. So um, it's been a great journey. The last two years has been incredible how fast things have changed. So I guess that's kind of uh, why you probably heard more about us recently, because we've been building up with some of the things that we've been working on. Yeah. It's an interesting question with hotels and tours, because obviously I have an OTA background and it would always you know, perplex me when I would book a hotel. Let's say I book a hotel in San Francisco and they, they might send you an email if they're good and say, oh, here are things to do nearby, but they're all straight links to those attractions. I'm like, why on earth do they not have a partnership with tours and activities OTA where they can make a bit of commission out of that? And of course, I know you've got the whole concierge thing as well on the local level, but if I'm booking a month out and I get this email from San, or let's say I'm booking in London and I'm booking at the St. Ermine, who you work with, for instance, and they're like, oh, we've got this spy tour. You know, there's a lot of history around intelligence in this hotel or this event or this food tour. Why do you think hotels have been so slow to catch on with offering tours online? That's yeah, a great question, Shane. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this today who are like a tour guides and tour operators are scratching their heads as well, because, you know, you would think it, it would make sense. Now, having said that, some hotels do do this very, very well. And when they do it well, um, it has it, it, it's excellent, not just uh, in terms of revenue generator for them, but in terms of a customer experience and, and, a, and a storytelling experience for that hotel as well. So some do it very well, but I think we can all agree that most of them don't. And, you know, what, what it is, uh, I feel certainly, is that, you know, hotels, they are incredibly good at what they do, which is, you know, the, the things that they do inside the building, you know, you know, if it's the accommodation, yeah. the bar, whatever it is, and they're very focused on that and their skill set is around that. So whenever they, they're thinking of a tour and activity, it, it really is an afterthought for them. And, and sometimes they look at the numbers and they go, do you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not sure that this is going to like turn the needle for us right now because I make so much in the rooms. But that, that's the wrong way to look at it, actually, because there are huge opportunities if you integrate it in the right way and offer it in the right, in the right way. 
And also the, the customer experience is huge. Like, you know, when, when you go to a city, like, you know, people do spend a lot of time in their hotel rooms, but they're actually spending a lot more time out in the city. You know, the hotels should be helping them with their activities with which they're doing in the city. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know in January, I went on a cruise for the first time in the Caribbean. And despite being an OTA guy, yeah. <laughs> I, I booked all my experiences through the cruise line. And it was like, you know, you really got the red carpet treatment from those experience providers because they can't afford anything to go wrong because that's such a lucrative deal for these guys out on the islands that if they mess up and that cruise company passenger is annoyed and complained, they could lose that contract. So the experience, it was stellar. I have to say, I was really, really impressed. Even though it probably cost me more in the long run, the experience I got was phenomenal. That's a, that's an interesting thing you brought up there because the cruise companies have a, have the opposite view of the hotels, okay? They will get you on the boat for whatever, and they'll make most of their money on the excursions. And I think if the hotels actually took a little bit of learning from there, it could be very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's say there's a, a hotel listening right now, and they're like intrigued by this, and they want to work with Travel Curious. First of all, why should they work with you? So you're speaking to a hotel director now. What does Travel Curious offer for the hotel? So we actually have quite a different approach uh, for hotels because we feel that if a hotel is going to offer this you know, properly, they have to see it as, as an extension of their brand. So that means that they have to trust the tour guide, the company, that they hand over the customer to them. They're going to take them out and have an amazing time. So, you know, if hotel is going to work with a partner, they've got to trust that partner. So because we are an owner and operator of all of our tours, so we do have a lot of technology in the company. We have lots of different products that we use to uh, distribute. And we use technology to kind of do the logistics in the back end. In essence, we are tour operators. You know, we create the, the logistics. We write the content. We do the research. And then we kind of uh, work with professional tour guides. And also we'll train them on, um, on the tours as well. So it's a very detailed approach that makes sure that it's a great experience. So the hotels really like that, first of all. Um, and it's personalized. You know, 98% of our tours currently are private. So, you know, the, the tour guide can come and meet them in the lobby and take them out. And then there's an extra thing that we do, which uh, started with St. Dermans, funnily enough, but we're now, we, we've now actually started to do this with Marriott across a number of hotels around the world. So we work with Marriott, the, like the experiences team, Susan, who I'm sure you know, and Laura, and, and we work with them in some of their most storied hotels. And what we do is we actually say, if the hotel has amazing history or if it's an amazingly historical area, you know, we try and tell the story of the hotel and we try and unlock this experience, right? And, you know, so the St. Irma's Hotel, for example, has the most amazing spy history. I know you love your spy stuff. So you've probably been there as a result of this. But it's got it's just it's mind blowing. Like when we first met the GM, he actually just gave me a book. I have it up there. It's called it's called House of Spies. It's the book about St. Irma's. And he said, I, I like your tours. They're brilliant. They're a great fit for us. We're going to offer them and we're going to integrate them across our flow. But would you ever think of doing a tour for us, bespoke tour? So, so we went off and created this tour and it ends with a cocktail. So it actually um, it starts in the hotel, the history. It goes out in the streets, goes up to MI5. It comes back down and you end up uh, going in and having a cocktail in, in the Caxton bar where Ian Fleming used to sit there and have a beer. When he was off, 
in the evening and he used to write some some chapters of James Bond. The Cambridge spies used to meet their handlers in there. Like, I'm just touching here on some of the stuff. I'm sure you know it already. But, you know, that's a great story, right? And yeah, when yeah. you package it into an experience, which also uh, has a cocktail in the bar, there's lots of elements there which are very interesting to the hotel and the customers love it. And we've now started to do that across a number of different hotels. And each one is flamely interesting. Yeah. So St. Ermin's, for instance, how are they then promoting that tour and experience to their guests? St. Ermin's, uh, so we have our own widget, which like it's about 10 lines of code that, that, that's in the branding of the hotel. So they can, they can just put that onto their site. And the booking takes place on their, on their site, never leaves. No, no leaving to a white label, whatever it is. So it feels like it's part of the hotel. So it's on there and they will put it in their, their pre-stay emails, confirmation emails. So they've done it everywhere and, and they're very good with social and, and the con- we also have a concierge product as well. So we, we try and hit all the different uh, points that's possible to, to, to sell these tours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I need to get Brian Gray on the show who runs uh, the Intelligence Trail there in London because he was the guy who took me to uh, St. Ermin's. We had, we had a full day three years ago now. That, that was a fun event. So the customer hits their, their site, they make the booking, they have that experience or the hotel is promoting that. So let me ask you on the other side. So this is really important for you as a business. So there's this interest in a spy tour, and I want to use this as an example. I think it's a great one. How do you then go about sourcing an excellent tour guide who can put that itinerary together and lead that tour for you? Yeah, so what we do, so like we have this approach, which we started a few years ago to to try to try and make this a scalable business, we had to we had to have a way to have it free sale. So customer comes, they can book, and it's not on request. It's instantly bookable. So what we do is, so we will create that tour. So we have an in-house researcher, full-term in-house researcher, and then we also have external people that we use, and and we'll get them to you know research this topic and come up with a theme. We will then work with a local local tour guides to do the logistics. Um, if it's involving a drink, you, ha- you have to bring that element in as well. So there's lots of different components of a tour. And then we will actually um, create all this documentation. We'll have pages of notes. And then we will actually invite the guides in our system. Who wants to, who wants to learn about this tour? Some of them might ha- already be familiar with the history. Some of them might not. And we will literally have a training, uh, a training day with them uh, on that and all the logistics. And we try and have maybe 10 to 15 for one of those hotel ones, because uh, what happens then when it gets booked, uh, the tech just sends it straight out to those 10 guides. And then two or three might say, yes, I can do that tomorrow or the next day. And then the system like will just choose which one it is. Or we will manually choose which one it is because we understand this is actually a family. So we're going to go for that guide because you're very good with kids. So we have data on both sides that we can use to match the guys perfectly. And that's kind of the direction that we want to bring this. Is we want to be able to match the, the tour guide with, with the customer. And, you know, having been a tour guide myself, I know how important it is to have a good match there because it can really make the experience, you know, completely memorable if the tour guide is, can connect with the, with the guests. Yeah, absolutely. So what's what's your process for vetting tour guides? Because you know, there's lots of tour guides out there. And I ask you this question because a lot of our listeners are hiring tour guides and it's one of the bigger challenges that I hear about. What's the uh, Travel Curious vetting process? 
First of all, we work with professional tour guides. So some cities don't have it, but still they'll have professional guides who are working day in, day out as, as tour guides. We tend not to work with part-time guides because um, a lot of our clientele, like we are working under their brand, we, like there has to be a professionalism element in there. So straight away, you're working with the guilds, you're working with anyone who has a accredited license in that city. We attract them by having events. Like we used to go around Europe and have events. I think we were one of the first companies that went around and had events in hotels and kind of met the tour guides, told them what we were trying to do, told them what we were, the proposition, and, and they all loved that. And then we have a kind of an internal framework that we kind of use to decide, you know, is, is this tour guide going to be a good fit for, for us and for the clientele? And it's, it's quite systematic how you get to that decision because we've, we've created this framework. And then obviously you have the professionalism built in with the, with the license. So that's a very good filter as well. And then you monitor. Obviously you have to monitor because like, you know, tour guides are going to join. And then after a few tours, you really get the best feedback. And that's where you get the best data points on a tour guide because you can really find out like what they're very good at and um, how people reacted to them. And, and the tour guys love the feedback, by the way. So they love hearing um, about what people thought of them, like in, in reviews, but we can go a bit more granular as well. So it works extremely well. So here's a tricky question for you, right? Out of all the tours that you currently offer, what is your favorite? So it doesn't have to be one that you've gone on, but one that you look at and think, yeah, that, that's the one I would pick. If I could travel today, which please, can we start traveling soon? Um, what, what would you pick? Yeah, that, that is a tricky one because there's the two or three which I absolutely love. And I kind of kind of that's that, that's very nice of you because like looking looking at your daily uh, email, which I open straight away every day, you know, I'm always seeing really interesting tours popping up there. That I'm going like, I've got to go on that. I've got to go on that. I, I almost think you you need to have some sort of a, a hot list that I can just save it for later f- from your email. But but from the, like like the tours that we have created with the hotels having some of them as interesting tours we've done because they're new like they're such new content so we did one which is a spies and scandals tour in the mayflower hotel in washington you know that is a phenomenal tour you end up in the bar um having a cocktail where jade hoover had lunch every day for 30 years and that hotel has got incredible scandals history as well and the, and that's where the inaugural ball used to be held beside the white house and you also go to the White House. So that's a, that's a brilliant one we launched last year at Marius. It's been very successful. Just, just another one, which is, you know, we are very good at the, 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 the cultural, historical tours. You know, we're now getting into food tours, but we're doing it with, this, with a partnership, which is very interesting. We also love just very authentic things. And one of our guides is a former detective, and he has a mafia tour in Little Italy. And he mixes it in with a food as well. And he's, he was born in the area and I actually did that tour in January and mind blowing, just mind blowing experience that this, hearing this guy's life and the way he was able to talk to the people and relate to the people as well. And, you know, I'm with a critical eye. I just thought he was, he, he was a showman, but it was also very authentic. Like you, you felt as if you were, you, you were there as a little kid and he was in the same street as Robert De Niro. Like, it's just incredible. Like, you know. I would advise anybody to take that tour if they're ever in New York. 
Brilliant. Sounds very, very intriguing. And I know you, you we'll, we'll talk about COVID in a moment, but you were doing some of these virtually during lockdown, weren't you? Yeah, we did actually. And and that was the first one we did was with uh, our detective. So yeah, the idea there was obvious, you know, we wanted to try and work with our guides and um, uh, try and help them to get to, to get some revenue. And also like, it was a great way for us to engage with our guides. Like we actually don't see our guides enough because it's all done by the platform a lot of the time. Um, and everyone's quite busy all the time. We just, it was great to actually connect with our guides again. And the virtual tours were a great success. And we're, we're now expanding the virtual tours where hotels are going to be able to offer virtual tours of their hotels in the area as well to try and reignite a bit of interest as we come out of like this tricky period that we've all had. So you're promoting your tours through partners. We, we talked about hotels. You mentioned media. Um, can you give us examples of some media organizations that you're working with? Yes. Yeah, so we have collaborated in the past with uh, Time Out. So we, di- we did Time Out experiences last year in London. Um, we've also worked with the Sunday Times. And that was a different relationship with the Sunday Times because they actually want multi-day immersive experiences for their, for their readers. And actually, one of the ones we did last year, once again, it was actually around spies. Funnily enough, we did one of them to Berlin for three days. And it was a mixture of our guides and also they sent out Ben McIntyre um, and Ben McIntyre you know, spoke um, one evening. That, that's also something that we like to do whereby we can create a multi-day immersive experience as well for our partners. So for our listeners, just, just so you guys know, Ben McIntyre is the gold standard when it comes to spy history writing. So this is, this is a, this a big coup. Like that's the kind of thing that I'm sat here in the United States had I been around at the time or known about it, I would have been like, oh, can I afford to go on that? Can I take the time off? Because you had McIntyre involved. That's a big draw. That was, yeah, it was an amazing experience for him to come along and, and to talk as well. And I think that this is something that media companies are going to start doing more and more. Like, you know, the experiences, the industry that, that we're in, there's a lot more guys coming into it and the media guys are coming into it in a big way and they want to make some of their content bookable and they want to create stuff off the back of some of their content. So I think this is something that we're going to see again and again. And we're seeing it already with New York Times and other uh, media companies trying to get in. And they're not trying to get in. They're they're actually in at the moment. I mean, the arrival research backs this up and we know it because we work in this industry. But, you know, there's not much more than just going on a walking tour of Berlin when you've got that insider experience and, you know, behind the scenes and you get someone like McIntyre showing you around the spy sites of Berlin and Cold War sites. I mean, that, that is the, that is the sizzle right there. In, in terms of your, your tours, so are you only selling through other businesses or are you selling them through OTAs? Any other channels that you sell your and promote your tours through? So we have an API. So we have an API that we sell into tour operators. We also have a, an, an agent login. So we work with travel agents that have their own login and they can uh, do the bookings in their own environment and also package it up themselves. We basically built all the tools that, that you need to build to be able to in, interact with the travel industry. And also OTAs. So OTAs was one of the ones that, you know, I had shied away from OTAs over the years. Because we're private tours and we did, we focus an awful lot on, on the, the experience being magical. So the idea is that you have to have a brilliant guide, you have to have all the tickets included and the transport included. Because the last thing we wanted was for customers to have to pull out money halfway through the tour or they are like, yeah, suddenly there was a cost they didn't realize. And, and it just felt like sometimes whenever you're putting that on an OTA, 
the value doesn't get shown and the prices the price can can look high so so we had kind of like uh, veered away but in the last year we've actually decided that you know like why not like the, the OTAs are a phenomenal partner a lot of people get a lot of business out of them and we're, we're now going into all the OTAs and we're leveraging some of the tools out there to kind of help do that at the moment. You also mentioned earlier that you have a concierge service. How does that work? So we have this custom tour builder product as well, which uh, the travel agents use an awful lot, whereby if a customer can't find what they want, they can literally make a request and build their own tour. And then the technology does a lot of the early work of kind of matching you to uh, the best experience. But then they can actually, in real time, customize that with one of our concierges. So on the fly, you could basically create your own spy tour in Berlin for the day, but you could also maybe go to Potsdam. You could also have a bit of food tour, or you could do, in London, you could do a roll in the morning, in the afternoon, you might want to do food. And so you can customize all this on the site. And it's, it's a fantastic niche for a certain clientele that, like, that want to have something very bespoke. Yeah, I mean, we organized a meetup for our East German History podcast in November in Berlin, and it was great, but we, it was kind of DIY, bolt-on stuff, and it worked, it was good. But next year, we were talking about doing a week-long, multi-day trip to the former East Germany and getting out of Berlin and going to other places. So a service like that, because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of work. Now, whether our members will have the cash to pay for it, because like you said, it comes at a premium price as something else, of course, but... If we Shane, we're working on it already for you. <laughs> we go great <laughs> stuff. Fantastic. Take a day off from answering emails, telling your team what to get ready, or manually entering info across sales channels. Actually, take many because Checkfront will help manage your bookings. Guests book and pay however they want. Your team has the tools they need to operate smoothly, and your calendar always stays up to date. Now, what will you do with all that extra time? Checkfront. One booking platform, limitless possibilities. Find out more at checkfront.com. You mentioned earlier on about some news around food tours. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we we are trying to create like product all over the world. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier on, like, you know, we own and operate the products. And to do that at scale, you know, we can do it where we're very good at the history, the culture and other things. But when it comes to food, we all know that food is a very uh, specific uh, genre of, of product, and it's about relationships. There's a lot of logistics in there. So instead of trying that ourselves, we are actually partnering up in a strategic relationship with Eating Europe Tours, yeah. which is actually, you know, they were the pioneers of the food. Kenny, right? Kenny, Kenny, yeah. So yeah, so Kenny like was one of the pioneers in Europe. I, I can remember whenever I was uh, living in Rome as a guide. And I was running like uh, our, our small company, you know, Kenny came to me, he said, I have an idea about doing a food tour. And I was like, I, I've never heard of a food tour. And he said, in America, they're quite big. And um, lo and behold, uh, look at them now. So we're going to be working with them in terms of a very close relationship, like we'll be giving product to them and vice versa. But it allows us to be able to scale that by bringing in the experts as, as, as opposed to us trying to do everything. Yeah, well, that's exciting. And Eating Europe are, are a great company. So let me ask you, you were setting up the business. Obviously, this all costs money. How, how are you funded? How did you go around seeking investment and getting started? Yeah, so like we self-funded for a little bit ourselves. So myself and Amir Nadav, uh, my co-founders, and then we brought in some angel investors, uh, specifically from the, from the travel sector. 
And our chairman is actually a very active chairman. And he's also invested, and his background is is actually Jack Travel, which which you might know from from the hotel from the hotel sites. So he's an expert in in the B two B side of that. So we're using his expertise. So these guys invested early, and we actually just closed a seed round, like in the last quarter of last year, which was good timing because of of, of what happened. So that was lucky. I I wouldn't call it luck. I'd call it a result of your hard work. You know, it's uh, these things don't happen just by accident. Yeah, no. Well, we're like we're very thankful, and it's now moving to the next phase. That, that that that's that's how we're seeing it after after a few months that we've just had. Yeah. What advice would you have to any of our listeners out there who want to build a platform or technology or some kind of travel product, and they want to you know recruit some investors? Anything that you would share in terms of advice? Well, having experienced what some of the people listening will will have done of just setting up a very small you know, setting up on your own to begin with. You know, I can remember we set up in Rome and our first website cost us $500, you know, and it was a custom WordPress site that took booking straight away. And that worked great for us back then. And obviously, if you're going to try and do a platform, you do need a bit of initial investment. And I just think the easiest thing to do is is friends and family initially, because they're the people that you, you can convince. And if you can build a prototype with that, that's whenever you go to... Um, a, a more sophisticated investor. And when they see that you've got through the prototype and you know what you're doing, you have the passion and you have some data, that's where I think you can actually go to investors properly. But um, initially, obviously, it's it's the friends and family that can help you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we have to talk about COVID. How has that affected you? Yeah, so like everyone else in the sector, um, very quickly, our our business, you know, went to zero in, in like in about it was probably like two weeks, two weeks. And, you know, we were, we were watching it very closely, obviously, from early January. But then when it all happened, it all happened extremely quickly. But I feel that, you know, everyone, everyone in our sector, we were the first people to get hit. I thought the way people reacted was incredible. You know, the how fast did companies come out with new business models or initiatives or projects? It's just phenomenal. I thought that was great. And so, you know, we tried to do something very proactive. And I remember when we had a call one day, we were just throwing some ideas around. And I can remember reading uh, uh, Boccaccio, you know, he was the uh, the Renaissance poet. And he wrote a book um, during the plague in Florence. When, when the plague was happening, you know, everyone ran out to the hills outside Florence. And all these people, uh, they were all staying in this kind of villa, kind of uh, self-quarantining for like a month in this villa. And every day they told a story and we were just thinking like, you know, could we do a story a day from one of our tour guides? And then it just evolved into doing maybe a virtual tour. If they could do it from their, their room or, or they could do it from out in the street on their half an hour of exercise. And, you know, obviously we weren't the only people who had the idea. Everyone came out with something similar, but I thought it was, I thought it was amazing to see that. And, and as I said, it, there was, there was a lot of positives for us in that time because uh, we we've gone back and restructured a lot of the company we have focused on lots of things that we needed to do. And sometimes the day-to-day thing can really, and I'm sure everyone who's listening to this would kind of can agree with this, is that you know, the day-to-day grind, you know, it, it sometimes does take you away from some of the longer-term things that we need to do to, um, to, to achieve the success that we're looking for. 
It's so true. I mean, you know, talking to operators who are now, they're, they're now SEO experts and WordPress experts because finally yeah. having this time to sit down and work at these things or we've all bought courses that we've not got around to doing online. And of course, we wish that we were yes, exactly. Tours, but now yeah. it's like, yeah. maybe I'll open that course I bought last year and, and get on with yeah. it. How are bookings looking for you now? So we're recording this uh, towards the end of July. How, how are bookings looking for Travel Curious? Yeah, so we're starting to get a trickle of bookings in in certain areas. We actually uh, focused our last kind of month uh, on domestic US because we have a lot of partners. You know, we we just signed with Preferred Hotels and we're, we just launched with them uh, last week and they're doing a big domestic campaign. So we're trying to bulk up our, our content and, and uh, kind of operations there. And, you know, it's a, it's a bit slow because... You know the second, the kind of the second waves coming back in, and some of the states kind of is kind of holding it back, um, and then in Europe we're seeing a few bookings um, popping up, but like I think end of the year is where it's the earliest that we can really see anything kind of genuine, or, or, or even even next year we feel. I was going to ask you what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome with Travel Curious. Would you say it's? I mean, it's, I don't know if it's an academic question. Do you think well, COVID is the biggest challenge we've all had to face? So let's say. Apart from COVID, what, what's a big challenge you've had to overcome? Well, within Travel Curious of the, the last two years, we, you know, we had a lot of background knowledge of what to do here. So it wasn't like we were a startup who was just starting and had no learnings. We had a lot of learnings and mistakes, and you have to have mistakes to be able to, to proceed. So we, we were able to leverage that to, to get a lot of momentum very quickly. So that's been great. I suppose what so the, some of the challenges are is like if you are working on a B2B2C level, you are not necessarily in complete charge of your own destiny. So you might have your own timelines and you are desperate to get to those timelines. And, and if you're just doing pure B2C, that's all manageable because you're in full control of your destiny. When you're working with very large partners who are essentially, you know, massive, massive cruise ships no not not literally cruise ships but i mean as an analogy you know you know so they have their own timetables and and often it doesn't match with yours so it's quite frustrating sometimes because you're trying to go live with them and it's it, it can be deflating it can be deflating because you're like we're supposed to be live now supposed to get bookings yeah so that's been a challenge but i think it's worth it because once you do get out to work with them it is incredible to see how it how it can work, you know. So that's that's kind of a challenge we've had. And I'm curious to know how you cope with. So I when I started in travel, it was with uh, strategic partnerships, right, B two B, and you know it was always very frustrating when my boss would say to me, "Hey, Whaley, you need more sales this month. What's going on?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm working with this partner and that partner, but there's only so much you can do." Whereas if you have your own sales team and you're responsible for revenue, you can get the sales team and do some training, you know, and inspirational stuff and whatnot. But when you're reliant on third parties to bring in the revenue, how do you cope with that? I think you just have to have a lot of partners. So, you know, if I was to tell you that we think we're going to have a thousand partners in, in three years, you know, that's, that's the way you do it. And, and it's about account management as well, which I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with, with your background is, you know, getting live is one thing. It's actually making it work is actually uh, the, the real challenge. Yeah. And we're getting better at that because we have the knowledge of working with certain partners in the past that, that that's worked, that hasn't worked. And it's also about getting commitment up front. It's like, you know, how serious are you about this? You know, like, is this, are you doing this because it's a trend to offer tours and activities? Or, or do you seriously want to do this? And we're getting a lot better now at identifying who is really serious and who isn't. 
one example. So a lot of the hotel companies are, have been talking about tours for a long time. Okay, I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with that. And, you know, some of them have done some integrations with, with the Get Your Guide and Via Tours where they've just done a very simple kind of referral affiliate kind of thing. I'm sure you probably were part of some of those deals. You know, but they never really took it a step further and they talked about it a lot. But we have actually, we, we, we met Marriott at Arrival, you know, last year at the one in Berlin. Mm-hmm. We were working already with some of their hotels. So that was, that was a good start. And now that is a team that was ready to just rock. You know, they, they already had Place Pass in place, which is uh, the company they invested in. Yeah. They had been working for years on it. They've been thinking that they have a team in turn. So that, that's a partner now that can really do something, you know. And then there's other partners who are very early in the stage. And they're the ones where it's, it is a challenge and it can be deflating. But, you know, there is, there is a big pot for us all at the end. If you work at it, it, it does take a long time. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I'm impressed with Marriott. You know, they attend Arrival. They've interacted with Tourpreneur. They read our brief. I mean, they, out of all the hotel chains, they definitely seem to be the one that's, that's taking tours and activities and experiences seriously. Yeah, they are phenomenal to work with because they understand the challenges and they're actually dedicated. There's a dedicated team internally. There's not many hotel companies that actually have that. Yeah. What's the best thing that's happened to you since you started Travel Curious? Since we started it, I would say like the best thing that that has happened was the beginning because, you know, I have been in the space for like a good few years. I left to go work, go work for a few tech startups. I'm so passionate about the space. You can, you know, as you know, it's, it's very hard to, to leave this. Yeah, it's very hard it to imagine yourself not working in it. So like I got my two uh, co-founders, Amir and Adav. And so suddenly there was a team of three of us who all have very different capabilities. That was very exciting because it's like, right, this is really possible because, you know, we have the very senior CTO, we have the, the senior CEO kind of role, and we have me who is like the CPO and, and business development, whatever it is. So suddenly you have all the different functions of uh, what could be like a highly successful company. So that was very exciting. And since then, it's just been head down, working away, trying to get things going. You know, it's been stressful, but, you know, we're just knocking every day, just, just, just building bricks, building bricks, building bricks. And, and hopefully the seeds, the seeds that we sowed will, will start to come through now in the next couple of years. So there's no serious highlight, but I think the beginning, you know, was, was probably the highlight just because we were, suddenly we had a team and we were able to hire some great people around us. So that was very exciting. How many employees do you have right now? So we're currently um, about 11, and then we have a couple of kind of uh, outsourced people as well. So we have a hybrid model where we try and, you know, do a lot of content creation outsourced, um, research outsourced as well, which is the obvious way to do what we're trying to do. Yeah, and that's not easy, is it? Finding professionals who can, uh, you know, create that content for you. I've had some experiences with that in the past. It is so much harder than you think, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. I take my hat off to anybody that, that has pulled it off at, at, at scale because there's an awful lot of things you have to look out for, isn't there? And, it's, and the quality, it's trying to keep the quality at, at scale is very difficult. Definitely. Are you, uh, are you familiar with Sean Finelli at The Tour Guy? Yes, I um, So Sean was running his company whenever I was in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never actually met him. I've been to his office before, but he wasn't in that day. I heard his interview with you, which I thought was brilliant. 
Yeah, I know. It was great that he was so candid with us. His story just reminds me of you because you worked on Wall Street, right? And then you went to Italy and, and worked in tours. And he, he was the same. I think he was an analyst, wasn't he, on Wall Street as well? Yeah. So like I was, I was doing an, an internship right. on Wall Street uh, during an MBA. So, you know, it wasn't the proper Wall Street, Wall Street, but I was still working in an asset management company. But this Swansea boy, that's yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah, you worked yeah, on Wall Street. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. But it's just interesting that you were both working in finance and then found your passion in tours and activities, which I think is fair to say is not as lucrative in terms of uh, salary and stock options and everything else. But it's that passion for the industry that we all have, have that with, with building our tour businesses. It's not always about that dollar amount. No, I, I thought his story was very, very interesting, and I was, I was, I was laughing when he was saying that because I was saying, "God, if I ever get on on Shane's show, <laughs> it could be something similar, a story." But you know, I ended up moving to Italy to work in a tech startup and fell into being a tour guide by complete fluke. He was really, yeah, it was, it was such a fluke because I was working in this tech startup, and a lot of my friends were tour guides in Rome, and um, you know, I'd done history in university, I'd done a thesis about the Vatican, so. I was like, I, I want to be a tour guide. So I, I became a tour guide kind of part time. And, uh, you know, as any tour guide will tell you, like, you know, it's it's a, it's an intoxicating job. It has it has some of the best job satisfaction, I think, in the world, because you're, you're doing your passion. You're talking to people all day. You know, people are genuinely very thankful afterwards of, of what they've done with you. So that's when I got hooked into the whole space. And that was actually a time where. The guys in Get You Guide were probably just starting. We we put a few tours in Get You Guide back then, and I remember thinking, "God, this is all sewn up. This is all, yeah. this is all sewn up. That's it." And lo and behold, you know, fast forward a few years, and you know that the sector is, you know, it's 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 only going from strength to strength. It really is. I've said this numerous times on the show, but it still amazes me when I walk past somewhere like the Empire State Building and I see a huge line of people just to buy a ticket, not to get in the place. But and I'm like. You've, you've got this on your phone. There's all these apps out there. You yeah. can have a coffee and book your tickets on your phone. Why are you standing in that queue for so long? And I'm sure that that is changing. I'm sure people are, you know, but there's still so much more education to be done about booking tours online. Yeah, there's a lot of education. And also I think that there's a challenge that we all have with tours, which I'm sure you've come across with talking to the other, the other kind of uh, tourpreneurs you've had on, is that, you know, driving a hotel booking there's certain things you can do because, you know, it's, you have to have the hotel room, you know, the tour, like, you know, it, it is a nice to have, you know, you know, everyone does them, but um, if they don't have the tour, they're still going to, they're still going to be there and doing other stuff. And it's just trying to drive that, the need for them to book it there and then, and uh, hopefully we can get there, but I think it's going to help us all if we can find a way to do that. Maybe around uh, dynamic packaging or, surge pricing of, of the guides at last minute or, or something, something like that. If we can get to that stage, I think we'll all be much, much the better off. And I'm curious to see what will happen as hopefully we get into recovery, although watching the news here, I'm not sure what that's going to be. But, you know, I keep reading the, the, the stats that people are going to want to book private tours rather than go on a public tour. But of course, all that research, none of them put a dollar amount. And I really wish they would say, okay, do you want to go on a public tour? Do you go on a private tour? They're starting at 300 bucks or 300 pounds so that you, you can actually see. Because of course, everybody would say, yeah, I want the private tour until they see the price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see how, how that will play out. If travelers will be like, yeah, I want to be ultra careful and ultra safe. So I'm going to book a private tour. And in terms for yourselves, I mean, how do you go about 
pricing your tours? Do you have an internal algorithm or is it case by case? I mean, how that's one of the toughest challenges, especially with the tours you're yeah. creating because they're, they're novel, right? They're unique. It's not you're taking one off the shelf and, and creating a similar walking tours to what's already going on there. You're creating different experiences. So how do you go about pricing? There's a scale how we approach this. You know, can we do this across so like, you know, 200 cities? The way we do it is it's not really an algorithm, but we have a, a kind of a pricing calculator that's that's kind of systematic across all our tours. And we negotiate an hourly rate for the guides, depending on your license or if you're a local guide. So we have hourly rates and that, that feeds into the pricing. So that means whenever, so that's the first thing that goes in and then we have our ticket cost, whatever, whatever it is, if it's transport as well. And then that allows us to be able to basically distribute jobs at scale to the guides, you know, to, to, to their phones on one side. But, you know, another thing that we have to try and do is kind of educate, you know, the, the guides that, you know, we, we want to bring them loads of business. OK, yeah. But um, there's one thing that I have I have seen that doesn't seem to exist in, in, in the tour guide space is the idea of net rates It's like. Look, we want to bring you loads of business, okay? But we have to share with an OTA or a tour operator or a hotel. Um, and we don't want to make it, make it too expensive or no one gets any business. So the idea of going like, you know, if we, if we do all the work, we literally do all the work and all you have to do is press a button and turn up on the day, you know, can we get a better rate than what you are giving somewhere else? And, and you know, it's starting to work. It's starting to work, but you have to offer that value to them in the mm. first place. So, yeah, so we've been pricing private tours for, you know, for a long time and it is very challenging and it gets even more challenging whenever you are trying to uh, get them into an OTA because the OTAs uh, always thought about the, the private tours last. So yeah. there's always group tour pricing. So it's, it is a challenge, but I think we're starting to get there. And I think that this, you know, you know, COVID, you know, has really brought private tours to the front, you know, of the conversation and all the OTAs have come running to us saying, can we have your tours quickly because you want to offer private tours. So, and they've actually adapted some of their systems for us as well. So that's, that's another thing that's happening now as well. That's, which is, which is quite exciting. Yeah. Cause in my day at Get You Guide, those private tours never sold. They just didn't sell. And it's interesting how that, that has turned around now. Yeah. Like the, the OTAs never really thought about how to sell them because they just wanted to try and sell a lot of the tickets as well. So let's see what happens with that one. But also it's a trust factor because if I've spent, say, $30 for a walk-in tour in Berlin and it went really well and then I go to that OTA next time and I'm like, oh, they have a private tour. It's 300 bucks. Oh, the last one went really well. I'll, I, I trust these guys. I'll book. But if you haven't had that experience and they're asking for 300 bucks, there's still that trust. There's still that fear. And especially with with OTAs, and I guess you you will suffer with this to some extent, is that the brand awareness is not there. In the same way that when I want to get on a hop on, hop off bus, if I wasn't, before I worked in this industry, I didn't know the difference between city sightseeing and big bus, right? The two big players. It'd yeah. be, well, which one's going to do the route? And in some cities, there was only one player. But you take somewhere like New York, there's four or five of them. I didn't really care, you know, because you don't have that brand awareness. And I think that's the same. And I think it's getting better. I think the OTAs are doing a good job at it and they have their various, you know, like Get Your Guide Originals is a way of kind of hammering home that we are actually a brand that you should come back to. But it's a huge challenge, isn't it? It is. And uh, this is this is one of the reasons why we approach them differently. And so what we do at the OTAs and is, you know, we go and talk to them and we say, we'd love to work with you and get our tours in there. But, you know, what, what else can we do with you? So, 
And and this is working because they're actually saying, so like, for example, we are launching uh, branded tours for amusement in in the UK next next week, next week. And, you know, so we're going to be the, 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 the partner for their branded ones. And that's very exciting because that's where you get the brand because it's their brand. And we're also not just looking at um, private tours, we're also doing small group tours with them as well. So we will try and work with OTA and say, like, you know, what, what can we do for you? You know, is there some stuff that you're missing? You know, is there some data that you have that you would like to kind of like test out a tour that, that can fulfill? And because we're, you know, because we operate across so many cities, we have the technology and we're able to kind of create content and create tours, we are vertically integrated. All these OTAs want to be vertically integrated to a certain to a certain extent. So that's where we're actually getting some traction. So that's where I was saying that we're, we're, we're going a lot deeper with them at the moment. So that's with amusement. That's with amusement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting with the booking news that they're going to be powering booking. Very exciting. Like, yeah. so we are, you know, we, we think they're, they're a fantastic partner as well. And they, they, they've built some fantastic technology um, of how to work with partners like us, which, which has been great. The Italians are very creative, as you know. So uh, that's, this, this has been good. So like, I think you're going to see more of these, uh, more of these originals, brand tours. I know you're not a massive fan, but I think that for the OTA point of view, you know, they're thinking about a couple of things. They're, they're thinking about customer experience and loyalty. They're also thinking about margins as well, you know, because a lot of the OTAs don't make as much money as we think. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Those Google bills, they're pretty hefty. Yeah. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Tourpreneur Daily Briefing at www.tourpreneur.com. How do you stay up to date with the trends in our industry? Because as we all acknowledge, we're very fragmented. It's a very diverse industry. You know, it's not like there is a Wall Street Journal for tours and activities. So how do you stay up to date with all the trends? Um, I'm, I'm sure the same as everybody else. So, you know, I'm obviously on your email every day, which uh, is a godsend. Thank you. I get in the afternoons, which is obviously your mornings. At two o'clock, I think it is every day. So like, you know, literally every day, religiously, I will open that straight away to, to see what's happening. I think Skift has been phenomenal. I know it's gone behind a paywall now. I can see what they're doing that. But, you know, that's been fantastic. And, you know, Focus Wire, obviously, and that used to be T-News. I, yes. I, I used to love T-News. I used to love T-News. And I'll tell you, when I first wanted to build a tech platform uh, for the tourist space, you know, I started to do some research. Uh, this is like, you know, five, six years ago. And I came across T-News. I was like, wow, like this space, you know, the travel space, you know, it has its own kind of trade destination, you know, press uh, site, you know, B2B. And then, and, then, and then I was like, uh, there's lots about tourism activities. Like this is a brilliant resource. And then I remember finding an article by Alex Bainbridge. And it was basically a list of all the uh, tour aggregators. Yeah. And there, there must have been like, you know, 60 or 70 of them in there. And I was, and I was going, maybe more than 100, actually. I remember going. Maybe I shouldn't do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's quite funny now because, you know, obviously I, I know Alex well and it's such a small industry. You know, I know I know a lot of people and it's just amazing. And I encourage anybody that is coming into this space, you know, if they think it's all sewn up, it's absolutely not at all like this. There's so much opportunity still to go. So I, w- I would still uh, just just look at those. And I think LinkedIn has suddenly become uh, so much more valuable for our space in the last couple of months 
I now find LinkedIn. I saw Christian from Magpie just post a fantastic article there last week. Um, it just seems like there's a lot more of a network effect kind of going on. Arrival are very good at connecting people as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think, I think there's plenty of people doing it, but like, obviously yours is the best because it's just all in, all in one in email, which is fantastic. And even I, I mean, I spent a few hours a day on curating the news and everything that's going on, but even I miss stuff. Like I, I was just reading a couple of weeks ago about a boat company who took a hundred people out in Chicago, despite the, the COVID uh, restrictions and now they're in serious trouble with the mayor and you just think wow like how did i miss that story you know because i curate it every day but yeah. even it's so fragmented there's so much going on that it's impossible to keep tabs with everything and for you i suppose it must be challenging because you know there there is so much covered in this space you know it's not like a tour is you know a word and it can be a lot of different things yes. you know and, and it's growing as a segment like there's all these new genres of stuff coming in so you must have to have to follow a lot of different industries just to gather everything. Which is great. I love it. And I'm soaking up all the knowledge and I, I really enjoy it. I feel like I'm, I'm getting an MBA in this, you know, I'm studying every day. Talk, talking about learning and before we wrap up here, are there any books that you recommend to fellow tourpreneurs that have helped you either with your mindset or productivity, building a business, anything that you're like, yeah, that book was played a big part in, in our success? Um. Well, because like my background was kind of in the tech startup side of things. You know, I've read a lot of books around, you know, like building tech companies more, more than kind of like operational travel companies, but it's the same. It's like the same premise. And, you know, stuff like, like the Lean Startup is a, is a fantastic book by Eric Reese, And that, that can be applied across any business, even if it doesn't involve technology. And, you know, the, the main premise of that is, you know, experimenting, failing fast, learning, and putting putting the data back in, and like you know, th th that's something that everybody should be everybody should be experimenting all the time, little things here and there, because you know the theory and practice is is very very different. And I think in our sector especially, often what you think is going to work really well falls flat, and sometimes it's the it's the random thing that you tried actually works out really well. And um, like that book, I think is very good for. It just gives you a system to be able to try to try and fail things very quickly. And then once you find the things that work, it's kind of double down on that thing that you know that works. Make that your own. And that's that's kind of what I would have done. But I haven't really read that many books. I'm much more into my podcasts and audiobooks these days. I can't get enough of them. I've been listening to listen to podcasts for about 10 years and listen to your one as well. Your the GDR one is is, is a brilliant one as well. It's been, it's gone quite recently. Season two coming soon. Is there? Great. Yeah, yeah. Season yeah. two is coming. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's one of those things that tourpreneurs taking all my time, which is great. I love it. Yeah. But it's, it's meant, as we all know, when we're building a business, sometimes our hobbies, we have to kick them into touch as we hunker down and build our businesses. So great. Yeah. Well, Alex, I was great. It's great to have an hour with you, as is often the case with tourpreneur. I have a boatload more questions we didn't get to, but that's always a great sign. And I'd love to invite you back on the show for a future episode and maybe get you on for a round table and uh, discuss what's happening in the industry and how things are going for Travel Curious. Yeah, thanks so much, Shane. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and keep up the great work that you're doing because I think you've you've helped everyone over the last couple of months with with your messaging and like everyone feels that you're you're out there for us, which is fantastic. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Shane. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.